It's a wonderful time of the year to just turn and reflect upon what God is doing in amongst us, both individually and corporately. And when we look at uh, the, the books of the Psalms, this is what the nation of Israel did regularly. They would look at Psalm 113 through to Psalm 118, and, and these were known as the Halal Psalms. In our terms, it's the Hallelujah Psalms, the Praise the Lord Psalms. And they used to use these Psalms uh, consistently in their times of corporate worship when they'd come to Jerusalem through the seven festivals that they would uh, look at each year. The festival of Passover or, and Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, the festival of the Trumpets, the festival of the Day of Atonement, the festival of Tabernacles, Hanukkah, which is known as the Festival of Lights and Purim. These were the seven major festivals that as a nation they used to um, gather together corporately, open the Psalms and read Psalm 113 to 118 and just praise God. And it's our privilege today in our context to use the same inspired scriptures and to turn and look at the greatness of our God and to look at his goodness to us. So let's read uh, the psalm together. Let's read Psalm 113. I'm reading from the uh, Holman Study Bible today because I really like the way this particular version captures this psalm. So I'll read this for you. It's up on the screen so you can follow along with me. Hallelujah. Give praise, servants of Yahweh. Praise the name of Yahweh. Let the name of Yahweh be praised both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of Yahweh be praised. Yahweh is exalted above all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like Yahweh our God, the one enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the garbage pile in order to set them with nobles, with the nobles of his people. He gives the childless woman a household, making her the joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. The psalm starts out with the first four verses. And the psalm is basically saying, let's praise God for his greatness. It starts with these things. Firstly, we praise him because we are in relationship with him. We are servants of Yahweh. Now, this name that is used often in, this, in these first four verses is the, the covenant name of God. It reflects to the people that when they said this name of God, they would realize and remember that they were in covenant relationship with him that his loving kindness lasted forever. They will remember that he was the creator, the sustainer, the redeemer, the promise keeper, that he was faithful, that he was trustworthy. 
that he was holy, that he was just, that he was gracious, that he was merciful, that he protects, and that he provides. So when we see this very first four verses, this is the greatness of God that the people would gather together to to praise. And this morning we can do the same. As we consider Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, my mind immediately goes to Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read this for you. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 4 says this. Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. That's the God we worship. The God who provided Christ Jesus to redeem. We further have in the psalm the breadth of the praise. It says, let the name of Yahweh be praised both now and forever. Let there be a challenge to us as we consider going into the new year. Do you consistently praise God for what he's done in your life? Is your testimony like Mel and Cops? Even in the deepest of trials, you can turn and say, thanks be to God. Let us praise him forever, folks. It's really interesting with the psalmist here in verse 3 and 4 says, I will praise him from the rising of the sun to the setting. As far as the east is from the west, I will praise him. And then he moves in and I will praise and exalt him from above all the nations. His glory is above the heavens. So not only will I praise him from east to west, I will praise him from north to south. And the time in which I will praise him will be eternal. Why? Because our God is great. So does God's greatness prompt thanksgiving in your heart? As you consider God as the creator, sustainer, redeemer, does it overwhelm you with praise and thanksgiving? I hope it does. I hope it does. We move into the second part of the psalm, which starts with a question. Who is like Yahweh, our God? 
We like Yahweh Elohim, the one enthroned on high who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. It's a question. It's like a rhetorical question. Who is actually like him? The natural answer is no one. And the answer, no one, comes in the response in the next few verses because of what Yahweh does. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the garbage pile in order, as a result, to set them with nobles, with the nobles of his people. Can you see the significance of that? This is why God is so great, is because his goodness is manifest to us and he, he takes us from a helpless state to a position of sonship. He takes us from the, the garbage pile of life where sin enslaves us, where sin separates us, and he seats them with Christ in the heavenlies. Seats us with Christ in the heavenlies. How and why? Only through God's goodness, grace, and mercy. During this uh, past week, I've been reading uh, some old authors, a fellow by the name of John Bunyan. Most of you will know who John Bunyan is. He was the, the author of Pilgrim's Progress. He was a Puritan. He was born in uh, the 1600s. And as I was reflecting on this psalm, a quote that Bunyan stated really just encapsulated my mind. Because I think it so helps explain this. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the garbage pile in order to seat them with the nobles. And he said this. Excuse the old English language here. It's a little bit chunky and funny, but it's kind of a great quote. To see a prince entreat a beggar to receive an arm would be a strange sight. To see a king entreat a a traitor to accept of mercy would be a stranger sight than that. But to see God entreat a sinner, to hear Christ say, I stand at the door and knock with a heart full and a heaven full of grace to bestow upon him that opens. This is such a sight as dazzles the eyes of angels. What a wonderful quote. I'll, I'll post it online so you can just chew over the quote. It's, a, it's just Bunyan trying to correlate this fact that the grace, why is there so much grace and mercy from God to restore a sinner? And this outlines the goodness of our God. The rest of the psalm goes on and says, He gives the childless woman a household, making her the joyful mother of children. God is good in making the barren woman fruitful. God is good in taking the ruined lives of you and I and placing us in the kingdom of God when we put our faith and trust in Christ. His goodness should prompt genuine thanksgiving his greatness should prompt genuine thanksgiving 
Thanks so much for sharing Romans 8 because I've got that here to share because I think this is something that we need to be encouraged by because this is God's goodness and action for you and I today if we put our faith and trust in him. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Wrestle with those truths, folks. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. His goodness should prompt genuine thanksgiving. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling in any way separated from God, read these verses in Romans 8, 31 to 39. Understand the certainty of the fact that he is for us and we cannot be separated from his love. This is his goodness. They should prompt our genuine thanksgiving another aspect of thanksgiving and we get to celebrate this weekly as we consider God's greatness in the way he provided his son the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth so we can commune together we can look at these two really simple symbols of bread and wine and understand the significance of that fact we can understand the greatness that God sent his son who was the exact imprint of his image to redeem us and we can turn by sharing these elements together and say Hallelujah. Praise be to our Lord. So we're going to share communion together. We're going to take the bread, just take that as it comes around, hold the cup, and we'll share that together. And then the music team will come up, and we've got a couple of final songs of thanksgiving to our great God and Saviour. So let me just pray as we share communion together. Father, we thank you for the challenge of uh, this psalm. We thank you that when we consider who you are, 
consider your greatness. This should prompt our genuine thanksgiving. And Father, when we consider your goodness, we see this goodness and your sending of your Son, his dying, his burial, and his resurrection for the sins of the world. And Father, we are undeserving of that. We confess we don't understand at times the mystery of this great sacrifice. But Father, with the psalmist we say hallelujah. We praise you that these two common symbols of bread and wine symbolize our communion with you when we put our faith and trust in you. Father, give us a heart of thanksgiving, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.